This is HPR episode 1730 entitled 5150 Shades of Beer 5005 River City Brewing Company Revisited and is part of the series 5150 Shades of Beer. It is hosted by 50 and 50 and is about 38 minutes long. The summary is, 5150 revisits an Air Capital Brew Pub to try some new flavors. This episode of HBR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Howdy folks, this is 5150 for Hacker Public Radio, and the first topic I want to address is a pressing one, and that's the number of shows in the queue. When I reserved this slot, this would have been, a week ago, this would have been the last regular show in the queue without... (laughs) skips and for the better part of this week it stayed that way now finally in the last couple days four out of the five slots for the week after are available and I have one question for you folks where in the blue bloody blazes have you been record some shows get something in the queue you know, and in my in, in my case, I got a little scolding from Ken, and you know, because uh, he had a different idea, I guess, of how it should work than I did. I I reserved a slot, and of course, then I, because I, I thought there would be a big rush. Uh, what there there has been the last several times the queue has gotten this low, and I want to get in on it probably mainly as a prompt to myself because you probably wouldn't be hearing me today unless I'd reserve that slot and then I'd had pressure to actually sit down and record. But, um, you know, so this, I, I'm doing this, uploading the show on probably the last possible minute for to the FTP server for uh, Ken to get it out in time. Thank you, Ken. And Ken emailed me and said, well, he was the mind that it, it was okay to record a show or to reserve a show before you'd actually recorded it if it was something time-sensitive, like the last show I did was an announcement on Kansas Linux Fest. And I was looking at my times to, oh, I better, I better get something in the queue. Uh, but he said, you know, show about beers, you could do that anytime. But in my defense, if I didn't have this hard deadline, Ken, 
with Candace Linux Fest coming up and the things I need to do, you probably wouldn't have gotten this show until the middle of next week or something or, or later than that. So <coughs> But having said that, I won't let I won't let it happen again. I will I will uh, not reserve a slot unless I have an actual recording to go up. And on this show, I thought I was going to have to re-record this, because the trouble was I, I was recording this show about beer a week ago, more than a week ago, and I filled up my hard drive space on the laptop sometime during the recording of the show. And I met, I it saved the original recording, but... I guess it depends if Audacity really the power of the laptop. This is not quite as powerful machine as I was using for <coughs> my audio recording before. Even though it has the same amount of memory, four gig of RAM, but I do I do think that uh, if you have a if you have a problem with file, I I, I have the. You you guys you've done you've recorded shows and all that so you have this thing looks like you're going fine but you start doing edits cutting out your ums stuff like that and then all of a sudden Audacity locks up solid and then you have to reboot and you're left you're left with recovering a corrupted file even though the whole thing sounds good if you play it in Audacity the whole thing sounds just fine. But you do a couple more edits and Audacity locks up solid. You think, well, I'm going to have to start over from getting this. Nothing I can do with that. But I did have the original recording. And what I did is I just exported that as a WAV file. Which should be relatively lossless. Technically lossless. And and huge format to save your file in. And then I took the WAV file and re-imported it in Audacity, and then saved that as a project. And that—that's what I'm working on. So if there's any weird artifacts that are coming through, that's—that's that's probably the fault of my handling the file that way. But that at least saved me the time of re-recording the whole entire podcast. And I did cut out quite a bit. I was enthusiastic the night I recorded the podcast. I just received my uh, Raspberry Pi Model 2. And just a few days before, (coughs) uh, we did a Lugcast that included uh, Berry Boot. If you want to listen to it, go to linuxlugcast.com. I, I recommend recommend the show highly, but Berry Boot, it, it's it's not a distribution uh, for the Raspberry Pi, but it's a way to install multiple boot images on the same SD card, or on you could just have Berry Boot on the SD card, install the images on a USB stick, or I presume an external spinning drive would work just as well. But I had a rather large 32 gig SD card, so there is the option in there to install everything onto the same boot card. 
And see, I didn't realize noobs was pretty much the same thing. I always thought that noobs was a Raspberry Pi distribution for noobs. So the the main couple differences, <coughs> at least if the one posting I saw is correct. Now, it, it does seem to be, though I haven't taken the SD card out and put it back in the laptop to look at it, but it seems that Barry Boot is using the same partition for everything. And there was a poster who said, or was complaining about, that Barry Boot's also using the same kernel uh, for for all across all the distributions that you install and of course if you're going to install say a a bleeding edge distribution like arch and a somewhat more conservative distribution like debian or raspian that's got to cause a problem and the poster said (laughs) he had updated (laughs) open elect and then now all hit all the other distributions would not boot. So I'll, I'll play with this some. I think I'm going uh, It looks like to install Arch, I'm going to have to have noobs because there's been some conflict between the Raspberry Pi people and the guy who maintains the Arch version of... Or, or rather, the ARM version of Arch because he's put the file, the image, into a compressed format and changed the image file, and so the ARM installations instructions are no are that have been published are no longer accurate, <coughs> and apparently the maintainer isn't willing to update them. Something like at least that's a story story from the Raspberry Pi people. So they've taken actually taken Arch off their downloads page, but they said, well, you can still install it from Noobs. Install Noobs, and then install Arch. So, that's probably what I'm going to do on my old Raspberry Pi Model B. I want to set it up as a server, and I'd like to set it up as an Arch server, so that's pro- I'll probably install Noobs so that I can install Arch. And so, some sometime in the future, you'll probably get from me a HPR contrasting noobs versus arch. And the other difference, I guess, between new, uh, arch and noobs, noobs pretty much you you get one bite at the apple. You you install noobs and you pick the distributions that you want and then that's set. You can't go back and add other distributions. You can't subtract distributions. And Boot is is the opposite of, of that. You go right now. There are five, I think, images. You you have OpenELEC. You, you have a Android distribution. You, you have Pydor, which of course Fedora, Raspbian, which is Debian. And uh, and RetroPie, which of course is the main console to play your your uh, old game ROMs, and you you install 
berry boot first and then you you boot up in the berry boot and then one at a time you select <coughs> the uh, whichever of those five distributions that you want to install and it's all automatic um, really real easy to do so that's my initial impression of berry boot I haven't managed to uh, break it yet by having one the one kernel image across several distributions be a problem so when I know more and like I said I, I did an, an initial talking about a lot of things I said were wrong that's why I cut them out and I'm about to catch up with my own voice here, so I'm going to leave you to our regularly scheduled podcast. This is 5150 Shades of Beer, Episode 5, I believe, and it's a return to the River City Brewing Company in Wichita, Kansas. And the great thing about brew pubs is they're always trying new beers so the customer experience doesn't become as stale as a half-finished can of Budweiser left out overnight. This means that I can return to the same place and bring to you a whole new vista of flavors. Such was the case last Sunday when a social affair brought me within blocks of the River City Brewing Company. And I had had the forethought to bring my three growlers for refilling. And by the time the meeting was over, it was time for a burger and a beer anyway. So let's discuss the meal first. Having tried their pizza and amazing Cuban sandwiches on previous trips, this time I went for a burger. From the River City menu, I've included a link in the show notes, though I I omitted a lot of other links that I should have put in there, like the address, etc. But you know, from, from this menu link, you can extrapolate how to find anything, how to find your way to the River City Brewing Company, should you choose to do so. But from the menu, I selected the Memphis Burger, and it was it is described as being topped with sweet pepper bacon, cheddar cheese, crispy onion strings, and chipotle barbecue sauce. On top of that, the hamburger was grilled to perfection, in my case that being exceedingly rare. Yeah, one of my dad's friends, every time he saw me eating a steak or a burger, he always had to comment, you know, I've seen a critter hurt worse than that than live. I was really impressed by these onion strings. (laughs) These are not the french fried onion rings you find atop your green beans on Thanksgiving, but just the most delicate strings of onion imaginable battered and fried. I wish I'd had the forethought to order extra barbecue sauce for my french fries, which are hearty and sprinkled with fresh ground pepper. I never thought of putting pepper on my fries before, but be assured I'll think of it in the future. To accompany my burger, I selected the Breckenridge Bourbon Smoked Imperial Stout. It comes in at 9% alcohol by volume so you don't get as big a glass of that as you might have one of the other beers so you're you're limited to 11 ounce brandy snifter now the thing about stouts i said i don't like oh i won't say i don't like i it's my preference not to have a high 
IPA, a, a bitter beer like a, I'm, so, I'm sorry, a high IB, IBU beer, inter, international bitterness units. I mean, I, I always like to try new beer, but really I prefer something not as bitter as an IPA. And while stouts tend to be little on the bitter side, the flavors are blended so well that I usually don't notice it nearly as much as I do in an IPA, which are usually just all about the bitter. Now this beer, the barley, uh, before fermentation, the barley is smoked over hazelnuts, giving this uh, beer its flavor and its name. And I've always wanted to try uh, smoked stouts since I first heard Tracy Holt speak of them on the old Pod Brewers podcast. And I don't think I'd want, I'd be one, want to be restricted to a smoked stout every day, but this, this was a great beer, great compliment to my beefy meal, and I, I can't say enough good things about it. Okay, next on to my three growlers. And I'm gonna partake of the first one here. This is one of the most interesting and unusual beers that I've ever had the pleasure to try. I wish I could give you first impressions on all, all these three beers, but frankly, it's nearly a week since I came home, and I just couldn't wait on you folks to try them. It was bad enough wait, waiting for them to chill overnight in the fridge. Well, the first beer is Donut Lo- Hole Love Affair Number no. 3 Pineapple Wit. This is a wheat beer made with actual pineapple donuts. And I've included a link, it's a rather long one, to the Facebook image where they were actually brewing this particular batch just a few days uh, before I got there. It shows a pile of donuts. They actually grind up donuts and put them in the beer. And then the first taste you encounter is tart pineapple on the tip of your tongue, and then as you swallow back, it's joined by a taste of powdered sugar on the back of your tongue as the beer washes towards the back of your mouth. And that sugar taste will stay with you a long, long time. I mean, if you if you're just sitting there between sips, you're going to taste that sugar the whole time. And the the, the whole effect is subtle and wonderful because the pineapple taste is not fruit juicy fruit juicy like a shandy and the wheat beer hovers in the background not enough to obscure the donut taste but sort of blending the pastry taste into the breadiness of the beer now one thing i will say probably these growlers and i've been saving them or saving the last part till i could do this podcast that may be a little bit of a mistake because this uh, this Donut hole beer is not as fresh as it was Monday evening. I'm, it, it, it's tasting more like a regular wheat beer. Not, not as much of the pineapple and, and sugar flavors. Though it's kind of like eating crackers or something, you know, sometimes, or chips, you eat the first few and it takes a while for the flavor to build up on your tongue. But yeah, this, I would have been done, I would have done a lot better finishing this fairly quickly, I think. So that's a troll of a growler. Probably should be consumed 
certainly within the first week. But I don't know. I had no idea what to expect of this beer when I ordered it, but I'm pleased that I did. It's not very powerful in alcohol, only 5.65% alcohol by volume, and obviously not very bitter, 11 IBUs. And it's served at, at the at the pub. It's served in a full 16-ounce Wizen glass. Okay, next. Okay, well, I just had a glass, a full glass of the donut wit, but the rest of these, I'm going to be pouring partial glasses here, so you don't have to wait for me to finish the pot or finish a beer before I get on to the next one. And unfortunately, again, I do like fresh beer; it should be consumed though fairly quickly. And I've been buying lesser beers to kind of, so I could kind of savor these. And to be honest, I might have savored a little too long. So definitely I'll be finishing these up this weekend. But next we have the Prize Fighter Red Ride. If you see in my show notes, they have some very interesting ideas about spelling. And the one thing I say, the main thing I say about this beer. This has got to be the smoothest and richest rye beer I've ever tasted. I mean, it's almost creamy in taste and mouthfeel. And I've always been a big fan of rye beers, at least since I first, uh, uh, the first one I tried. But like rye whiskey, it's a little bit of an acquired taste. I mean, rye is a little more, obviously, a little more naturally bitter than wheat would be, so a lot of the bitterness in this in in this beer is just because it's a rye beer, not because of a I think of a lot of a lot of additional hops. But a lot of people are scared away by by beers with a lot of flavor. I mean if you're a bud drinker, this is probably well this might be for you. I mean if you're if you're gonna try a rye beer, this is the one to try because man this goes down smooth. But you know a lot of people are used to bourbon uh, are going to find rye whiskey a little harsh. So, in kind, pe- people are used to a wheat beer. Maybe a little off-put by a rye. But, oh, man, this is, this, this is just wonderful. It's not real. It's I mean, it's not real bitter. I mean, well, it says 55 IBUs, but you don't really taste it like that. And, of course... Description on the menu is caramel malts, a copious amount of rye, definitely. Spicy, floral, earthy, and ready to smack you in the kisser. That comes from the prize fighter. Not description. Definitely taste the caramel. Spicy, yes. I, I, yeah, I guess you could. I can see the floral description. And earthy. So, probably not a beer for everyone. Definitely a beer for me. Again, this is not real high in alcohol, 5.6 alcohol uh, by volume, and they give you a full, give it to you in a full 16 ounce nonic. Just finishing the last part of the rice, we can come to our final beer. It's, yeah, that's, that sound was me picking the growler up off the desk here. I got them all out before we started. Sound is me pouring. Well, shoot, I'm going to pour a full glass because this is the last one. This is probably going to be screwing the lid back on. 
It's setting the growler down. Okay. And if I'm pronouncing this right, because right tells me I'm spelling it wrong, but it's the same way it is in the menu. It's the Buffet Bourbon Baltic Porter. And there are a couple, there were two bourbon barrel aged porters on the menu. And I asked my barman there the difference, and he says the Baltic is a little sweeter. And I, I you know, uh, I certainly taste that. I mean, no, it's not terribly sweet. Certainly not sicking, sicking, not syrupy sweet. Certainly, just a, just a little bit sweet. And as far as uh, bourbon barrel aged beers, I've never been a fan of these woody Tennessee beers. And of course, what 5150 meant to say here, folks, is he's never been a fan of Woody Tennessee whiskey. But I think the bourbon barrel-aged beers sort of round out the other flavors in the beer and complements the roasted malts and the hops. It has almost a slightly citrusy taste and a little sweet. And when you're pouring them from... These growlers, even though, well, the, the the donut beer, it actually had some pressure in the container when I opened it. But the rest of them, you, you don't get the head, really, when you bring it home with a growler. And that, because obviously it's not a pressurized container, or it's one that's been pre-opened. So therefore, I don't think you get all the aromas that you would normally associate with the beer. So all three of these... Perhaps not quite as good as they were nearly a week ago when I first tried them. So still, better than anything I've got in the refrigerator in a bottle or a can. This is a porter, which means the flavor's probably not quite as strong as a stout. The name porter, I think we've discussed this. Of course, this is an ale. And the name derives from back in England, this was beer brewed as part of a porter salary. And a porter, not porter like somebody you would see at a hotel or a railroad station or whatever that would carry your bag. So that's part of it. Porters were actually these guys who would carry stuff around the city on their backs. You know, you've seen all these old movies, you know, the guy stooped over walking along with this big old bundle on his back. You know, you always you always have that in the, in the 1800s scenes or whatever from in an old in an old movie, a street scene. That's what they mean by a porter. And like we've talked about the saison, you know, that was that was part of the actually part part of the expected farm worker salary that that they'd have two or three beers in the afternoon as they work. Well, it's the same thing with the porter. So they were expected that during the days or, you know, even evenings or nights, you know, these, these guys worked all kinds of times of the day that they they would get served two or three beers during their shift. And this was the type of beer that came to be favored for them. So it was definitely a strong ale, but not, not typically as strong as a stout. I mean, strong in flavoring, not necessarily strong in alcohol content, but of the three beers I brought home, this is definitely the strongest in alcohol content, weighing in at 7.2% by volume, 47 IBU, so it, it's bitter, not as, not as bitter 
as a journal IPA. Like I said, you don't notice the bitterness in an ale like a porter or a stout like you do do in an IPA because the IPAs are all about being bitter. Some of them, uh, in my in my opinion, to their decrement for you know, for being about nothing else but being bitter. Now, who was somebody? One of my friends were discussing this. Oh, yeah, this was on uh, this was on the HPR book review. I can't remember which one of the guys, but they're all about that. They they want they want this. My hops can beat up your hops and nothing else. So. Those are interesting beers to try, but I, I would not be want to live on them. So this is a, as a slightly elevated alcohol content. If you were to purchase this at the bar as a glass, you'd only get 13 ounces in a tulip glass. Like I said I may be a little bit of a cheerleader, but I've never brought a beer home from one of these uh, brew pubs that I didn't like. And I haven't found any that weren't substantially better than what I've been able to buy in a store. Now, I made a mistake of not taking a beer menu home with me for documentation because I figured, well, I'll get, I'll get it online. But these be- you know, at, at, at least at River City, they're always trying and experimenting with new things at such a great rate that they don't even put their beer menu online anymore, apparently. So, I want to give props to Chris Arnold from the River City Brewing Company because I got home and said, well, oh man, I'm not, I don't remember the full names of these beers, you know, especially Prize Fighter, whatever, you know, cutesy names. Much less the descriptions. So, I went on the messaging page of their site and said, can you help me out and send me a scan of the beer menu that you were using Sunday night? And Chris replied and scanned it to a PDF and sent it to me. And well, I, t- I told him it was for a review. also told him it was for a positive review. But you know, like I said, I've never had a bad beer from this place yet. And he responded within under 24 hours, and it was great. And so, extra credit to River City Brewing Company for helping me out. And I don't think they would mind if I attached the PDF as part with the uh, with the menu from the other night, the beer menu, as part of my show notes. The restaurant menu. Where you can see all the delectable items that they have, they have to eat. Now that's, that's online. You can find that at, uh, www.rivercitybrewingco.com. So I'm not gonna go through everything in the menu. I will, I will leave salivating over the beer menu to you, dear listeners, as an exercise. But there are two in particular I'm sorry to have missed. The Stinky Pete Plum Saison. I want to try that. But before, though, I think it was always the Raisin Beer that I was missing out on. I mean, every time you go there, it's like, yes, for the Raisin Beer, no, we're out. Sold out early today. And apparently the Plum is the same thing. You know, I asked, do you have the Plum? And they said, no, we sold out yesterday afternoon. So sometime I need to get in there and get one of those because they just sound so great. And then the other one on the menu that I missed, 
was the Emerald City Stout. I'm not sure if I did this the last time. I, I don't think I brought you that one, but it's described as a chocolatey and coffee tasting stout. And guys, you know me. I you know I can't pass by a chocolatey beer. So, but man, it only has so many growlers. So maybe next time. I may be getting up there because the, well, like I said, it was, it was, I was up there because of a social engagement that had been set up, some of my old friends, and we're talking about getting into this once a month, so, hey, you may, you may be seeing more often reviews, more, more than you probably care to listen to of the Air Capital brew pubs. All right. Next topic, I'm going, next weekend, I'm going to be, well, I guess, I guess by the time this airs, it will be the, the should air the Monday after the weekend that I go to Kansas Linux Fest. And I just say Linux Fest, I forget, can't, I forgot Kansas in the show notes. See, folks, I, what, what happened here is I wanted to reserve my time. And I wasn't thinking I should have, I, I need to have my show notes prepared. Well, I could have left the page open, I guess, once I confirmed. So, there's a few typos I've mentioned, I've, I've seen reading back through, even though I did it in a word processor. Everything's spelled right, but not everything necessarily makes good sense in, er, for syntax looking back through it. I, sh- I should have read through it before I committed, so. And so I don't have any good way of adding to my show notes without making Ken Fallon tear his hair out. So I'm not even going to try. But by the time you hear this, I will just be returning from Kansas Linux Fest. And that's www.kansaslinuxfest.us. And I'll apologize. You guys have been probably been tired about me, hearing me talk about it. Especially me talking. Well, this is the first time I've actually, uh, on air on HPR, used the correct URL. I've been telling everybody .org. But it's .us. And just up the street from the Lawrence Public Library, where we'll be holding the Linux Fest, is the Free State Brewery. Unlike these other two Kansas brew pubs I've, I've told you about, the Free State Brewery actually sells bottled beer in the local liquor stores here but i did call them so i said what am i going to just be getting the beers that i've already had from the liquor stores oh no no we have all kinds of other things and i guess i didn't i didn't include a link either but you can probably look up free state brewery you guys can use google so i will be talk hopefully well not hopefully certainly I will be able in a couple weeks come back to you with the delicious beers from Free State Brewery that you would not find in your local package liquor store. Unfortunately, I when I called them the other day, they said no, we can't refill other other brew pubs growlers. You got to buy your own growlers here. So. Free State, you're going to lose a couple points on that. I'm not going to lie. On the upside, well, I probably would have bought, bought at least one growler anyway, you know, just to get the logo, because they got a cool logo. 
not anything against Wichita Brewing Company or River City Brewing Company. Probably when you come into my new house, I'll have a whole shelf just to display growlers. So I would have got a growler from them anyway, but I'm, I'm going to tell them, frankly, you know, you, you would have made a bigger sale on beer had you not had this policy of not refilling other pubs' growlers. Well, I think I've bogarted your folks' times for quite long enough. As always, I've been 5150, and I'll catch you folks on the flip side. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.